0: Welcome to Short Course, episode 108, for September 1st, 2023. I'm your host, Ben Barry. First, an update. Sorry for no podcast last week. I had intended to do one, but a confluence of three things is, as you can imagine, cramping my time right now. Uh, the first is our 10-week-old has started, instead of going to bed somewhat regularly around 8 p.m., he started staying up till 10 and even 11 or 11.30 like last night, so time in the evenings has been at a scarcity uh the second thing is the north carolina section match is two weeks away which means steph as the section coordinator is sort of in crunch mode and so i end up uh helping out with uh with the kids more in the evenings which is fine everything's give and take i I don't mind that but it definitely has pushed back other priorities um unfortunately including the podcast not that i've had a, a ton to say like i've mentioned for anybody that uh, wanted to hear it. I've certainly been on a few debates in the past few weeks, so there's there's plenty to hear from me if if that's what you're looking for. Uh, and then the third thing is just a, a sort of personal note. I, I have taken on a new role with more responsibility at work. Why has this come along at the same time as the USPSA area director? I you know I couldn't tell you. All I can say is when it rains, it pours. But I am. Uh, doing everything I can to to juggle all three, and so here I am this week. It's a day late. I'm recording Friday instead of Thursday, but here we are. So those are just kind of the factors at play. I am doing my best to keep up. I will be responding to emails and and all that as much as I can and getting out podcasts when I can. So sorry for the delays, and uh, this one will be a short one. It's just a, a few sort of administrative updates, but I figured I would just get back to the schedule. So like I mentioned. Two weeks ago on the, the the last podcast that I put out in the week intervening, I did a live stream debate with Kyle Stevens, the other candidate for Area 6, hosted by Dave Riddle from the Casual Shooters podcast. I thought it was good. No real complaints. If you are still on the fence about where I stand and where Kyle stands, I think we had a more good discussions. I don't think there was a huge amount of overlap. There's definitely some overlap with the, the debate that we did. With Joel from Training Group Live, but there there was also quite a bit of, of different ground traveled, which I thought was good. Uh, but I will say, also more interesting, certainly to me, was the debate that Dave did the night before with Luigi Lee and Ye Min Lin, the two candidates for president. Now, as I've said, I already favored Luigi. I know him to some degree. We've we've been acquaintances. He's always been a good dude. When I talk to him, he and I are on the same page about things. I get the sense that, that he's interested in similar things to what I'm interested in, and I, I get the feeling that when I talk to him, he's genuine about these things. So I I was already predisposed towards him, but I think if you are on the fence, watch that debate. Uh, the contrast was was very stark, in my opinion. Um, Luigi was prepared, he had facts and figures, and Yemen just kind of offered excuses and Hand waved at things. That was my reading on it. Maybe I'm predisposed to see that because that's that was my my prior impression of either of them. But I thought it was, I thought it was even more stark than I would have expected. So if you are on the fence about that, definitely go watch. I I found that one to be pretty eye opening. Where like I said, I think the, the the debates that I've had with Kyle have been a little more straightforward, but certainly if. To anyone that's on the fence, I'm, I'm glad that we did that we did them and you kind of got to see the, the contrast between the two of us. So those are out there. Like I said, if you have some time and you haven't already made up your mind or you haven't already voted, I think they're worth watching. On that point, as I've sort of alluded to, the voting for the runoff is open. Uh, it opened August 30th, which I think, yeah, that was two days ago. So it was Wednesday of this week. And I know a lot of people go ahead and vote as soon as it's open no big deal. Uh, but if you are not aware, or you have not voted yet. Look in your email, or just go to uspsa.org/vote. You'll be able to log in with your USPSA credentials, and then it'll redirect you to the election firm website. With your, you know, the election firm will know your membership number. However, that that works behind the scenes. So everybody listening to this who's a you know an active member and everything can vote for president. Obviously, people who are in area six can vote in the Area 6 runoff, and like I said, I if you're just looking if for recommendations or an endorsement, I think Luigi is the way to go. Obviously, I would appreciate your vote if you choose to agree with what you've heard from me over however long you've been listening to this podcast. The update that in some ways is actually fortunate that I waited to record until today is that the board minutes from the from the August meeting came out today. So, though typically they've been meeting the last Tuesday of the month, this month they met the last Monday. My impression, my understanding is board meetings are being moved from Tuesdays to Mondays because one or more board members have a conflict on Tuesdays as a sort of standing thing. So, not really super relevant. It gives them another day to prepare the minutes before they're typically posted on Friday. So, those minutes were posted for this week's meeting and I can talk about them now. It is worth mentioning, and I mentioned this on the, the the podcast interview with Dave Riddle. There have been two USPSA board meetings since the first round election results were announced, and it looked like I am statistically, based on the outcome of that election, I am I'm favored. I am I have I had the most votes in that round of the election. And so it seems likely, unless something dramatic changes, which I'm not trying to jinx anything. I'm not trying to say, you know, I'm a shoe-in or anything, but it seems likely that I that I will end up being the next area six director based on those results, if nothing else changes. So I thought, okay, let me start getting in these board meetings because I might actually, you know, have a reason to be there. And I've reached out to Ted, who's Ted Murphy, who former Area 8, now the serving president until the term is up at the end of this year. I had reached out to him and Donna and said, I would like to join the meetings as a silent observer. I was referred to the policy, the, the board meeting policy that is posted on the website, which is titled and explicitly says that it relates to the in-person board meeting. Now, this is not, this is not the in-person member meetings that happen at, at nationals. This policy, as I read it, Refers to the in-person board meeting that typically happens in January of each year, where the board actually comes together for a weekend and has basically two days, six or eight hours a day of of meetings. That's the only policy on the website. That's what I was directed to with regards to attending the 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 online meetings as a guest. And that policy, well, first of all, it the right in the name of it, it applies to the in-person board meetings. Uh, Second of all, it refers to bylaws that do not exist anymore. It refers to bylaws that were rewritten in the bylaws rewrite that was done in early 2022. So Mike Foley was removed as president in August of 2021. The board declined to hold the special election to replace him until they had rewritten the bylaws uh, in a few significant ways, one of which being moving the president from being a, a full-time k position down to a part-time k position. They also did things like adding this now infamous requirement that members of the board be a range officer. And so as a part of those bylaws, they also rewrote the the bylaw that stated that board meetings were closed, but you could be brought in as a guest. There there also used to be a bylaw saying that members of the board could vote to include could basically call a vote to say, I would like to bring this person as a guest. Anybody could do it and it required a, a certain a certain number of votes for that to pass. That was all removed. The current version of the bylaws, since The spring, I believe it was January or February of 2022, says 5.9, board meetings. All board of directors meetings shall be closed to individuals and organizations other than those authorized by the board of director policy. That's what it says. Meetings are closed. Except for this policy, which, as far as I can tell, doesn't exist. Maybe there's some internal policy, but when I asked, Ted and and Donna, I was at, that this is, they they pointed me to the in-person policy, which to me does not apply to these Zoom meetings that happen once a month. And, okay, I read that as saying I have to give 14 days notice because that's what the in-person board meeting requires. I have to give 14 days notice to be included. I did that for this month's meeting, and I got crickets. I did not hear a single word in reply. I just said, I request to be included. I'm submitting this with enough time. No response whatsoever. So I can't say I'm especially surprised, but I am disappointed. That said, it was interesting to me that when the agenda for this meeting that just passed came out, there was an item on it that said virtual board meeting guest policy discussion. So there was an item put on the agenda for this meeting that was scheduled to happen this Monday to discuss, it sounds like, a policy around exactly what I'm asking about. What is the policy for guests to virtual board meetings? Which to me is a tacit acknowledgement that the policy that I was directed to, this in-person policy, does not apply here. Even if it did apply, it refers to bylaws that don't exist anymore, so the policy needs to be revised. That's a separate issue. This board meeting that happened on Monday ended up going for four hours. They covered a whole bunch of stuff. They spent an hour in executive session about member discipline with no resulting vote. So who knows what they were talking about for an hour, but they, made, they wanted to make sure it wasn't on the record. So of those four hours, they spent a bunch of time on a bunch of different things, and they never got to this virtual board meeting guest policy discussion. So it sounds like maybe they'll get to it in the September meeting, maybe. So at best, maybe I'll be able to join a few meetings before as again assuming I'm elected before my, my term would actually start. but it it really seems like they have zero interest in actually having guests come in other than the, the people that they want to have come in. people who are not members of the board like the accountant and you know whoever else the this new lawyer that they've I guess, you know, retained when the whole Yemen thing was going on, they they could come right in. But a leading candidate for area director who wants to try and make some progress and get somewhat up to speed with what I'll be jumping into, crickets. So, what was interesting in the meeting minutes, there was some relatively straightforward stuff that I think is relatively uncontroversial. They did some some business around the world speed shooting championship policy and what are they going to charge for match slots and someone was appointed to the multi-gun committee so you know some some typical business stuff like i said there was this hour of executive session about member discipline who knows what it was about who knows what the outcome is but the thing that is sort of the hand grenade that's been lobbed into the middle of the election is the fact that the board has they stated in the minutes from this meeting that at the next meeting they will be voting to remove the bylaw that requires a range officer certification to serve on the board. Obviously, this is intimately tied up with all the drama of this year with Yi Min being removed because he did not have his RO certification, while at the same time Mel Rodero, Area 4, was allowed to serve on the board without his range officer certification. He has it now. That doesn't change the fact that he was illegitimately serving for most of this year. It doesn't, even if they re- repeal this change, that doesn't mean that at the time he didn't fail to meet those requirements and is an illegitimate board member and is considered to have resigned January 1st of 2023. But the board will continue to ignore that bylaw because it's inconvenient to them. So whether or not they amend this bylaw it doesn't really change that. What it changes is it throws a grenade into this whole question of is or will Yehman be eligible to serve if he's elected? my read on it is they're 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 probably just going to go ahead. It's probably going to be a successful vote to amend this bylaw. It does take, so the in another thing that was changed in the 2020 bylaws rewrite is the margin to change bylaws was changed from two thirds to three quarters. So on a board of nine people, that, that means going from six to seven votes. I think they'll probably get the seven votes. I think at this point, everybody realizes this bylaw is kind of radioactive and nobody really wants to mess with it. So it probably will be repealed, and we will find that out at the end of September, a few days before voting ends, assuming that everything about Yimin's eligibility is off the table. As I've said, I still think Luigi is the better candidate. Whether Yimin had applied and gotten his range officer certificate reinstated, whether this bylaw was repealed, however it happened, even, even just looking at the two candidates, heads up, like I said, watch watch that Dave Riddle debate. I think the results were clear. My impression was from talking to Luigi that they were planning to do a second debate. I don't know what happened to that. It never happened. So infer from that what you will. But I think that one that was done, it, to my mind, was pretty conclusive. So take a look at that if you're still on the fence. But it does look like the board, I mean, it, the, the, the whole thing stinks. Why are they doing this now? Why could they have not resolved this two months ago before the election started It just, the whole thing is strange and just seems like it is creating more confusion and doubt and just, man, changing the rules, changing the bylaws in the middle of an election, a highly contested election for a president who was ejected from office for this bylaw trying to make, I mean, the whole thing just stinks. But like I said, at the end of the day, I don't think it really changes anything. If anything, the one thing that it does make me feel a little bit better about is, Likely, I don't have much to fear from reprisals if somebody, for whatever reason, decides to make an issue of something that I do as a member of staff at the North Carolina section match in two weeks. I had seriously thought, and people, you know, I've heard so many jokes. Oh, you know, you you better watch out; they'll take your RO cert next. And the fact that people even joke about that, I, I laugh on the outside, but I kind of die a little bit on the inside. The fact that that we joke about those things, or back when Foley was in office and he had told me that, you know, if I didn't take down a social media post, I should consider myself suspended and be brought, I will be. I would be brought up in front of the board and they would figure out whether I was banned. The The fact that I've been hearing jokes about, oh, watch what you say on the internet or you might get banned or, you know, oh, it's good thing your name's not Ben, you know, you, you'll be the next, to get the fact that these jokes have been going around and there's, they just keep getting worse is, I can't blame people for making the jokes, but it it hurts me that that's USPSA's credibility. That that those jokes are funny and credible because they are not that far from things that have actually happened. So, anyway, the fact that all the comments and people, you know, to some degree, expressing legitimate concern and saying, "Is it smart for you to to work this match if somebody decides that they want to try and and get your scalp and get your R.O. cert taken away and get you off the board?" I did think about it even before this. This these minutes came out. I had basically decided that if they wanted to do that to me, they'd they'd have to actually go through it and do it. And I was going to work the match because it was the right thing to do. And dang it, this is my home match, and I want to help make it as good as I can. And so I was I was going to be working it either way. But the fact that it does, I I would give it eighty percent chance. That's my gut feeling. I, I think they're probably going to pass this bylaw change. I think. In all things being equal, I think it's a good bylaw change. It's just the timing of it sucks, the messaging of it sucks, and the the amount of doubt that this creates by coming when it does. And this is one of those cases where the board needs to understand the bylaws because the bylaws don't just let them do whatever they want. The bylaws say if you want to amend the bylaws, you have to propose the bylaw change at one meeting and you have to wait to vote on it until the next meeting. And this is actually something that came up in the debates about should should most things be that way? Is there anything that is so important that it should be allowed to be brought up and voted on in the same meeting? Now, obviously, for sort of trivial things like adding people to committees or adopting, you know, some report, yeah, okay, maybe those things don't matter. But for things like rules changes, bylaws changes, raising the member dues, should should there have to be this intervening period between meetings where they, the board has to say, we're going to do this. you have a month to give us feedback and then they voted on the nec- vote on it at the next meeting. That makes a lot of sense to me, both as a board member, right? Because I won't necessarily be put on the spot to vote on something when I've had 30 minutes to think about it. And as a member, that really consequential things like rules changes or dues increases, you would have this this feedback cycle. So you know, if do we need to amend the bylaws to tell the board what they can and can't vote on immediately? maybe. Ideally, it would just be one of these things that was good practice to say, hey, we've discussed this as a board. We think this is the right path going forward. We're going to put it out to you guys. We're going to take 30 days of feedback and we're going to vote on it at the next meeting. That makes sense to me. We'll see if that happens on anything in the future where it's not required by the bylaws to give a a meeting's worth of of notice. And then one last thing that I I did want to mention that I don't entirely know how to interpret this from the from the meeting minutes, but the the minutes include a vote to quote approve the 2022 audit report. So the report was approved unanimously. I don't know what that means in terms of when it will actually be available to the membership, but the fact that the board has had it for however long and it's taken this long for them to even get to a vote of approving it, the the previous vote in the minutes was taken four minutes before this one, so apparently it took them four minutes to discuss and vote on this item, so it's not like it was something contentious that took a lot of time, but obviously it was not a priority to actually be voted on until now. As of Friday night, it's still not up on the USPSA.org finances page. We will see when, when it actually does make it up there, but... I'm sure everybody is looking forward to seeing the audited financials for 2022, even if they are at this point, nine months out of date, it's better than nothing. So that's kind of the rundown, the update of everything that's happened this week and the, the outcome of the the board of directors meeting and the, what is I think probably coming in terms of removing this, uh, this, this RO requirement. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, if you look in the, in the agenda, the, sorry, if you look in the minutes, It is clear that the item to discuss this bylaw change was not originally on the agenda, but it was Area 7, Frank Rizzi, and Area 3, Scott Arnberg, who made a motion, the first motion of the meeting, to add it to the agenda and then approve the agenda. So the agendas have to be posted 10 days before the meeting. I don't know why this, what has changed in the last 10 days to cause this to be something. I don't know, you know, the president is in charge of writing the agenda, but obviously the Members of the board can vote to add things to it during the meeting. So I, you know, maybe, maybe Frank and Scott end up being the only two votes in favor of it and it goes down in flames. I don't know, but I think it's interesting that it's happening. It will be voted on at the next meeting, but like I said, either way, whether, whether Yemen is eligible or not to, to serve, I don't think he's the guy. And so I've cast my votes and I encourage you, if you have not already, to get as educated as you would like to be. Read the candidate bios on the website. Watch the debates that Dave from the Casual Shooters podcast did with all of us. If you want to see the one that Kyle and I did with Joel from Training Group Live, that one is up there as well. And yeah, I'll stop beating this dead horse. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll be able to put this whole election talk behind us one way or another soon and get on with actual shooting related stuff and, and making the sport better. So thank you for putting up with all this and for the delays. And hopefully I'll be back to talk again soon with some more interesting topics and interesting stuff to talk about coming out of what is hopefully another successful North Carolina section championship. So that wraps up this episode of short course. If you want to get in touch with me, my email is ben at dot Talk to you next time.